Thanks for joining us on Positively Dad. My name's James Shaw. I'm your host. I'm a dad. My wife Terry and I have a, a second grader, almost eight-year-old daughter named Naomi, and uh, we just love being her parents. And I started Positively Dad earlier this year to be a resource for dads so that we could grow and get better as people, parents, and partners. And we do two podcast episodes every single week. On Mondays, I talk to an expert about something that's going to help us grow and get better. And then on Thursdays, I release one of these episodes. I call this a dad talk, where I reach out to a dad and just talk about being a dad. Today, I'm really excited to have on a mentor of mine, somebody I've known for a really long time named Pat Mancuso. Pat and I have worked together at Keller Williams and most specifically the coaching division of Keller Williams called MAPS for many, many years. And I have great respect for him. Pat's a a dad, and he's going to share his story with us, and I think we can learn a lot from him today. And that's my goal through this, is for us to learn from each other. So if it's your first time getting on the podcast, go back and listen to some of them, because we've had some powerful stories, and Pat's going to give you a powerful story today as well. So let's jump in and have the conversation. Pat, thanks so much for joining us on Positively Dad. I'm excited, James. Well, thanks for being on. So, So tell our listeners a little bit about you and your family. So I live in Minnesota. People wonder why, and uh, it's a great place to raise a family. We have incredible amount of variations in our seasons, and there's so many things to do with kids indoors, outdoors. It really is one of the most recognized places in the country uh, to raise kids. So we we live here. We've lived here, or I've lived here my entire life. Met my wife in uh, Chicago and got her to move up here. We've been married for it'll be 29 years in September of next year. We have four children, and I always talk about that when I say we had four children. We actually have three children, and we went through a pretty interesting experience in our life with our fourth child, and yet we're blessed. We have a 24, 23, and soon to be on Christmas Day, 12 year old. So we're pretty excited. We have an incredible family, and we're very blessed. Yeah, no kidding. So, I mean, one thing people are want to know, obviously, you say you had four kids and you lost a child. What can you tell us about that experience and, gosh, what that was like? Well, you know, it, it's a great question, James. So, I, you know, if I go back to my the, the time in my life when this happened. So, I'm an entrepreneur. I own a couple of businesses. And as most entrepreneurs do, you're, you're working to build for the future. And we were working and and building and, and had what we believed was incredible trajectory for our life and our businesses. And, you know, God had a different plan one day and, and, you know, we were expecting our third child and the first two experiences were relatively normal pretty easy and easy. I, I say easy. Of course, my, my wife, Diane, would say something entirely different, I'm sure. <laughs> However, and uh, just out of the blue, towards the end of the process, my wife had received a call from the doctor and nothing kind of out of the ordinary. She went in for a checkup and uh, developed what uh, was identified as preeclampsia, which is something that is not normally serious. It's just, you know, they've got to take some course of action to it. And so they did that and our little one was born and we were, you know, obviously concerned. However, not expecting that anything was going to happen other than it was just going to be a little bit different process Mm -hmm. uh, with the early delivery. And I'll never forget, James, the day that I'm sitting in the, the lobby and 
I read a lot and my wife is in and they're, you know, doing things with her, nothing, you know, out of the ordinary, just, you know, kind of going through their process that they would go through. And this was before we knew what was going to happen. And I picked up the USA Today and, and I'll never forget it. I started reading the paper and I didn't know why then. And I certainly knew why after there was an article that caught my eye and I read it. And the title of the article was 62% of couples end in divorce who lose a child. Now, at the time, I didn't think anything of that article. I read it just like I read most of the rest of the paper because, of course, we were not told anything was, you know, serious. This was, mm-hmm. you know, happens. It's normal. So then our, our son was born and was appeared to be stable. And then that first night, something went dramatically wrong. And basically, he lived for about 10 days. And we had to make a very difficult decision because he was uh, identified as being brain dead. And mm. so we had to make that decision to move forward, if you may. And uh, it was the most difficult decision I've had to ever make in my life. And and so at that time also to make things uh, a little bit more interesting is we had some business things kind of colliding with life. And I'll never forget somebody who I had to meet with at the hospital because there were things happening within our business that just frankly couldn't wait. And so life and business collided and it brought us a lot of clarity at that time as to what was important. Now, just to circle back, and I know you'll have some questions yet, you know, God had a plan. We didn't know what the plan was. It's kind of funny. You know, people would say, said to me at the time, you know, God doesn't give you or, or have you experienced what you can't handle. Mm-hmm. And I'd always say, and, and he has a pretty amazing sense of humor right now. And we were very blessed that next, about 18 months later, to have our fourth child, who ironically was born on Christmas Day. And wow. so it's, we have a pretty neat story. I would yeah. never wish this upon anyone. Yeah. However, there was a lot of things in my life, James, that although I didn't know why those things appeared in my life, I did after that happened and some, some dots that I could connect that have actually helped us get through that process. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. I'm so sorry you experienced it. Naomi is a I, I guess I can call her a preeclampsia baby, right? Terry went through that. And, you know, I mean, it can happen. It's pretty common. And I'm so sorry, though, that you experienced what you did. Thank you for sharing it with us. Well, and, you know, James, it's, it, as time has gone by, obviously, it's it's been now, my daughter will be 12. So our son would be 14 coming up in July. And, you know, the thing that I guess I've learned, and, and, and again, this goes back to early in my real estate career. One of my first real estate transactions, I listed a home for a gentleman and we walked into the house and we're previewing the house and we happened to walk by a bedroom and he stopped and he, he shared with me that he had lost a child and they basically hadn't touched the bedroom in about four years. And not that, you know, anybody's experience is less impactful or more impactful. What though for us was, is we didn't have the loss after having the memories of, you know, raising a child for a period of time. And I, I, you know, again, no less or or more difficult. I I just think it, it, you know, probably is a different experience. And yet, you know, maybe a different experience from a a positive perspective as well. So um, you never forget, we've moved forward. And and we just, again, feel so blessed. Yeah, well, I mean, and everyone's experience is their own. And you say for you guys, it brought you clarity. Obviously, you and your wife are still married. So it hasn't ended in divorce. You'll celebrate, what, 29 years coming up next year, I think you said. What kind of clarity did it bring you based on how you were going to live your life as a partner and a parent 
Well, you know, the first thing that I would say is is what happened after was many people who I had no idea had gone through the loss of a child. It's not something you run an ad, put on the front page, you know, it's something that is very personal. And for some, it's uncomfortable to talk about. And for us, it was, you know, early on after. And yet one of the things that was really helpful for us was the, the people around us that had experienced you know, loss, maybe not identical on different circumstances. Even some of my closest friends, uh, people that I had known for years, just didn't. In fact, somebody you and I know mutually uh, very well. He had uh, I had known for a number of years in business and in friendship, and he just had never shared that he had experienced a loss as well, different circumstances. So I think the first thing was, is we had a few people that we could you know, have conversations with that have been there and you look at any okay, they got through it. For me personally, the second biggest thing on the clarity was I had been working a lot. I, I would say 70 to 80 hours a week. And, and as an entrepreneur, I, I knew that that was what needed to be done and did my best, I think, at the time of, of justifying and balancing and, you know, building a bigger life down the road. And, and what I realized and I realized in sitting in the hospital meeting with the gentleman I referenced earlier in our conversation that none of that mattered based upon what was going on with life. I couldn't, you know, cash that 70-hour check now and have it impact our family the way that just being present. And so one of the biggest things I took away from that experience saying, I'm never going to allow myself and my family to be in that situation again, and of course, there's no absolutes and nothing's perfect, is that when I'm with my family, I'm present. And, you know, when we're on vacation, I'm present. And when I'm at home, I'm present. And that's a, that's a difficult thing for many because as an entrepreneur, you know, starting businesses, sometimes it's just you and you do everything. And yet as your businesses grow, then other people depend upon you. So what it did was it brought clarity that, you know, you don't know when life is going to change. And it changed in a second and it does change in seconds. And I just, I think, you know, we were fortunate enough earlier in our lives, I guess you could say that experience allowed us then to change the direction, the way that we were living, change some of the decisions we were making, stop using excuses, you know, around the business and really get focused on, on the things that were important. So we play hard as a family. We truly do. We live life like there's no tomorrow because we just don't know if there's going to be a tomorrow sometimes. You know, I, that's allowed us also to, to move forward in a way that's comfortable for all of us. Yeah. So I'm curious about what changes you made or, or how you kind of just re-looked at your day and your life to make sure that you were present and yet you're still building a business, right? And doing all the stuff you're doing because you've, you've still been very successful. Well, thank you. And, and I, I think, you know, there's a couple of things. First of all, and we've always done this, yet we, we really, really are committed to, to doing it, you know, to, to continuing to do it as we've been doing for the last number of years is we eat breakfasts together as a family for the most part on the weekends and then in the mornings a a lot of the time. Um, My kids are a little bit older now, so they're working and, and, you know, that certainly on the weekends is the case. And we're present. There's no cell phones. There's, you know, same with dinners. Now, you know, we we have a little bit of a vice and that is we love to eat out. And as a family, we uh, we eat out and, and we always comment and 
little bit of judgment, so let's put it out there. Uh, we always comment about how, as a family, you know, our phones aren't out at the table. We're not on social media posting. We're really having high-level conversations, laughing, enjoying that that friendship, those relationships. And I just think, you know, we've gotten to a place in parts of our life where that doesn't happen a lot. And you watch people and observe people. And as a coach, I observe people. And, and you know, the communication is really key. And I think that's been really important for us. Our kids are incredibly close. And, and of course, they were pretty young when this all happened. So, you know, one of the things that I, I we did really well as well is, is that, we we gave them the environment to move forward. However, we didn't really force the the relationship on them. In other words, they didn't really know at their ages what was going on. And we didn't really force that like they needed to know because they really didn't know. You know, they, they didn't go to the hospital and, and sit in the room. And, you know, they, I, I don't, you know, right or wrong, bad or good, that's what we did. And so I think that that allowed them to move forward healthily as well. You know, they have memories. However, you know, it's not where they're living in that past, you know, going, oh, my gosh, you know, I lost a brother. I lost a sister. It's really, I think, allowed them to move forward. So and then we're just present. We take, you know, two to three family vacations a year. We just got back from one. And uh, that's really our focus time. And uh, we we experience those times at a pretty high level because our our businesses have afforded us to do that. And so we're real grateful uh, for that. So I think it's just that, that, you know, that bond that we have as a family. And I think that's because of the decisions we've made to be really present. And we're also, you know, real big goal setters. And and, uh, like I said, right or wrong, bad or good, we live our life for today and knowing that there may not be a tomorrow. It sounds like to me what you've recognized is that, you know, the decisions that we make, you know, about how to spend our day or how, you know, what we're doing at the dinner table even can have a lasting impact on the lives of our kids. Well, you know, James, one of the things that uh, we haven't touched on is in, in, you know, this, we could probably spend a whole, you know, series of calls on this is, you know, unfortunately or fortunately, I guess I look at it. My, my parents are still alive. However, uh, there were things that my parents did and continue to do that I've just consciously made a decision in my family to change. My parents are great people. I love them. However, there were some generational things that they brought forward in their life and raising kids and that we chose, my wife and I chose not to. And, you know, I always, when I talk about this with people, you know, if you think about it as a dad, as a parent, there is no coaching, so to speak, on how to raise your kids. There's no manual on how to raise your family. And we do it based upon how we've been brought up. And, you know, there's a lot of great things how we've been brought up. And yet there's also some things that in many of our lives, we've generally generationally brought forward with us that don't benefit us, that we actually pass on to our kids without even realizing it. And so when my wife and I got married, we decided that we didn't have the answers. You know, my wife basically didn't know her dad and she lost her mom at a very early age. I, both of my parents are alive. However, you know, there's some things that I wish that they would make just different decisions on that. Yet that's their life. However, what we decided is we weren't going to repeat some of those mistakes. So we hired a parenting coach and people go, what's a parenting coach? I've never heard of a parenting coach. Well, 
we made a commitment on education with our kids that we wanted to provide them the best environment to succeed in education. And that was because we really didn't want them back home after they were done with school. We kid <laughs> people about that. We're going to invest in you right now because we don't want you back home after. <laughs> and, and yet that's kidding, of course. And, and yet what we did was is the, the school that our kids went to early on was a child development school in pre-K and kindergarten. And one of the greatest things we took out of that was our kids were really well taken care of. However, we actually got taught by the director of the school on how to raise kids. And I'm telling you, it was life-saving. It was life-transformational. The things that we knew, we didn't experience many of the things that parents experience with kids. So as a dad, I was taught how to say it's okay to love my kids and to, to you know, set those boundaries. And yet at the same time, I understood how their brains worked as a parent and as a dad. And so I could make different decisions than my parents made and things that I wanted to change. And I think that for me, you know, it's kind of funny. That's what I do. And part of my life today is coach others. And, and yet we all need coaches and we're being coached by this incredible person who really just did help us uh, raise great kids. And, and that was also pretty transformational for us. Well, in what way? How did that transform you? Well, let me give you a, a really simple example, and it sticks with us a lot. So if you've ever been as a dad, and certainly, you know, as parents, if you've ever been out with your kids and, and they have a meltdown, and of course, you know, raise my hand, and, and of course, I've been there. One of the things we always look at is, is we focus on the child for the meltdown. And yet as a parent, if you understand that meltdown started someplace and then all we do is throw fuel on it because we're either embarrassed, we're out in public, you know, we want to take a stand or take a position. And if we just realize how that brain is thinking as that child and then get took a different approach to it. The best example around this I can give you is my son is one that's always been uncomfortable with change. In other words, when you change the where you're going or you change the timing of what you're doing or, you know, let's say that you said to your, you know, your daughter or your son, you know, we're going to do this for 15 minutes and then all of a sudden your phone goes off and now we're going to, you know, we got to stop. Well, my son, one of the things we identified early on is, is my son didn't like change. And so we had to prepare him for change. Otherwise, the meltdown would come. In other words, the fuel would be there. So, you know, let's say we were at the park and we were going to be there for 30 minutes. And we had to then, you know, at 25 minutes, start a process that said, okay, Matt, you know, we're going to be done in five minutes. Okay. And then we do three minutes and then we do one minute. And what that does, did was it prepared him for the process that change was coming. And therefore, it eliminated the meltdown. It did light the fuse. And so we have, in our life and raising our kids, we had very little issues. And we're very fortunate with kids going to bed on time. You know, we would we would do things to calm them down before they went to bed where, you know, I hear parents who do things the opposite. They actually get their energy going. They, you know, they eat things right before bed where they can never calm them down and they have tantrums going, you know, before bed. Right or wrong, bad or good, our kids never slept in our bed at night. And that was because they were very structured, very routine. And I'm not judging if somebody allows that. It's just we didn't have to. In other words, our kids were very structured, very routine. And a lot of this, of course, goes to my wife. And yet, you know, if that was at 830, there was a routine. And one of the things that we were taught by our parenting coach was that routine is so important 
for kids and particularly different behavioral styles of kids where, you know, going with the flow is pretty easy for me. And it's always been pretty easy for me. Yet a different behavioral style, it's actually completely the opposite. So the parenting coach us what we needed to know, the skills that we didn't understand as parents so that we could be better parents. And, and you know, I tell people, and of course, I, I trust all parents would do this. I am very proud of our kids and I would put them up against mm-hmm. any kids out there. And even my 11-year-old is just the things that she does and the heart that she has. And, you know, I know your Naomi is the same way because I see her on lots of things that she does. It's just, that's what it's about. Our job is to produce and and give them the best foundation that we can so that they have the right decision-making skills and so they make the right decisions. I mean, it's clear that you and your wife have been very intentional then about just being great parents. And, And not that you haven't made mistakes. You've just been, you know, who can help me? Where can I go? What can I learn from this? How can I get better? That's that's something you two have been very purposeful in. Well, you know, James, it's funny. We're going through something right now, which is going to be fun. It's a growth opportunity. So, you know, my older kids have had cell phones. We Best we can remember, they got them in eighth grade. And we're going through this process right now with my little one, where she's going to be 12. And, you know, everybody around her now has cell phones. And that's absolutely true. We live in a world where that technology is there. And so we've been going through this process of making an adjustment. You know, we could just simply say, nope, you're not getting it until when your other, you know, your other siblings got it. And that's just our position. And and one of the things that, again, that we learned early on is negotiation is okay. In fact, teaching them how to negotiate as they're growing up is going to help them develop a skill that when they're put in a position to have to make a decision, they they can understand it's okay to negotiate. It's okay to say no, or it's okay to say yes, or it's okay to give a little bit. And so it doesn't stop, right? It, 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 it's just, that's the fun part about being a parent. And, you know, interesting enough, we're pretty young still. And yet at some point there'll be grandkids. And, you know, we can, we'll get to go through this again, and yet we'll get to help our kids based upon some of the things that we didn't have available to us. So I'm curious, what are you deciding on the phone? Because I learned last week that every second grader has a phone except mine. So what did you decide? <laughs> well, we, we decided uh, she doesn't know it yet. She still believes in Santa, which is really exciting for us. You know, she's going to be 12 and and yet uh, she still believes in Santa. So she's going to get a phone and it's going to come with the parameters. Uh, We've always had this with our kids up to a certain point. We can check their phones at any time. Their phones stay downstairs when they go up to bed so they don't take their phones with them. We don't take our phones up to bed as parents. They don't need their phones in their bedroom. And so there's, we're going to apply the same principles. And you know, again, we believe she can handle the responsibility and that point that they the responsibility isn't handled then there's consequences just like there is in life and then yeah. you earn that opportunity back so yeah. you know she's pretty responsible uh, yeah. we feel comfortable yeah. with it and you know it's it you know we do live in an age where you know she's using the technology now it you know it's just not the phone technology right well we actually did a podcast on that that he, the the guy interviewed wrote a book called the new childhood and he said you know i got i got my kid a ipod And I realized that the only thing he didn't have the capability to do with an iPod was call me in case of an emergency because it did everything else. So, yeah, Yeah. you're exactly right. Okay, so as as we wrap up and you think about it, if you were going to sit down with a dad and and just really say, hey, based on your experience, you know, as one, here's the one thing I want you to absolutely know as a dad. What is that? You know, I'm going to go back to the 
I don't, even myself, I, I think we always have to understand that those kids are watching and they're watching everything. They're watching the positive. They're watching the negative. They're watching how you handle situations. They're watching how you interact with people. They're watching how you drive. They're watching everything. And, you know, we're not perfect parents and we're not perfect human beings. And yet I'm always reminded that I'm being watched. And I think that that allows me to get better as a human being. You know, an example of this is driving. One of my blind spots is driving and my fascination, I'll use that word, with people drive and how they drive aggressively and all of that. And so if my daughter is my youngest now is in the car and something, you know, happens, right? It's always how we respond to it. I always have to just remember that she's watching and she's going to be driving someday. And I think that keeps us grounded. I think that brings clarity that we still have opportunities to grow. And it, it saddens me, James, that there's so many, I see parents that, that just don't understand the responsibility and then they don't take the responsibility seriously. They're, they're, whatever they're doing or not doing is impacting the future generation. This is the future generation. This is the generation that's going to take care of you and I and, and how, we, how we give them value, how we provide their foundation is going to be the decisions that they're making. And so I just, I, I always remind people about that responsibility. You brought them into the world that you, you made that decision, you know, that was, and maybe you adopted them. And yet, you know, for the most part, you're taking on that responsibility. And what that responsibility becomes, there's just a huge amount of, of that need to happen there to put the kids in the best possible position to succeed. And I think that's our job. And it's unfortunate when we don't take that seriously. And yet I think many people do. And, and so my message is, is that that's a responsibility because, you know, this, this, these are, they need it because they're not going to get this from social media. They're not going to get it from TV. They're not going to get it from books. They need to get it from parents and they need to get it from the dad, if you may, because I, I think that, you know, that's, that's where that leadership starts, if you may. Yeah, so I well, think that's the message. Yeah, it is. Well, thank you for sharing it with us, for telling us your family story and for sharing your perspective today. We really appreciate it. Well, James, I appreciate all you're doing. I think, you know, the, what you're doing with this podcast and, and bringing people on and interviewing them and helping everybody learn, including myself. I think it's just so awesome that you're taking the time to do that. So I want to just thank you for what you're doing as well. Oh, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Take care. All right. Thanks, James. Good job. So thankful that Pat took the time to join us and share his story. You know, they, they have a story that, you know, more families than we think have. And that is, you know, just dealing with the loss of a child. And then what do you learn from that? And how do you parent and move forward with it? And, you know, he said that the bottom line is be present with them, pay attention, be engaged, be purposeful. All of those things are really important. And that they got some perspective around that after the death of their son. And then the other thing I got from him is to get into some type of coaching relationship. He he found a coach who helped him. And he had shared that story with the coach with me before. And I remember a time I'd reached out to Pat and we were talking about Naomi, and Naomi was in that time where you're transitioning from the crib to the bed. And is there, I mean, is there a more exciting time in your life when you're transitioning from crib to bed? And, and so we had done that change, and man, did Naomi struggle with that. 
And a lot of you listening remember stuff like this, where the kid is going to bed and getting up. I'm thirsty. I need to go to the restroom. Tell me a story. You know, all that kind of stuff. And it was just so crazy. And I just remember talking to him about it one time. And Pat had mentioned that he had a coach who he talked to about parenting. And, and so Pat says, well, let me ask you, did she tell you she wanted to get out of the crib? I said, no. I said, well, then why did you take her out? And I said, because everybody else I know with kids that age has taken her out. He said, well, maybe she's not ready. So we put the crib back together, and she slept in that. And what he told me was, when she's ready for a bed, she'll tell you. And sure enough, a few weeks later, she says, Daddy, I'm ready for a bed. So we put it back in a bed, and it got easier. That's just learning from each other. That's what the, the point of this is, to have a place where we all can connect and grow and get better by talking to each other and make our lives easier. So. Anyway, the little story about how Pat helped me, and I trust today he helped you. I want to thank you for listening to Positively Dad. You know, again, my, I'm doing this just to connect with, with dads and for all of us to grow and get better as partners, parents, and people, and I trust we've done that for you today. If you enjoyed it, would you share it with somebody that you know and, and let them you know, know about this Positively Dad podcast and allow them to join the, this journey with us? If you would rate us wherever you're listening, we love five stars. Write a little comment or review, too, so people know. And then finally, if you'd connect with us on social media as well, that would be great. We're um, at Positively Dad on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're super easy to follow, and, and we're posting content every day just to keep you engaged and moving forward. I want to thank you for listening, and, and if you would be interested in being on a podcast someday, send me an email, james at positivelydad.com, and we'll have you on. It'd be awesome to talk with you about your parenting journey as well. Hey, thanks for listening to Positively Dad. I'm James Shaw. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.